All right. Thank you so very much. I know we're off to a late start. So one of the things that um, I'll probably eliminate a couple of things through this process because I really want you to be able to hear from Bill Poston as well. Um, and so for many of you, uh, I have met either through Circles or through the Bridges communities over the years. I've been very blessed to come into your communities and get to learn a lot from you all every time I'm in there. One of the things that really, um, really resonated with myself, with Phil Duvall, Ruby Payne, Jody Farr, Terry Dreiser-Smith, all of us, was this really need of what to do next after getting ahead. And that really prompted about three years ago for myself and so many others for us just to kind of really almost go off the grid to really start to look at how do we build a design that looks at what happens with families if we work with them as they become from being under-resourced all the way to being resourced. In other words, um, completely off of welfare, off of subsidy, completely um, self-sustaining and thriving. So what does that look like and what kind of return on investment can you get from that? And so what we're going to be talking about today is kind of just briefly this 30,000-foot view of what that might look like. But the main thing that I want us to get back into is a couple of tools that um, communities really said that they needed more than anything to be able to really talk to donors and to funders as they're trying to figure out how to, to fund their, their programs or their initiatives um, within their own community. And so today we're going to feature a couple of those. We'll set up additional webinars and have some additional trainings coming up in January where I'll actually be going in um, into communities and helping them and in, in basically going into your communities, working with your economic developers, with your uh, community leaders, and trying to develop kind of the same plan that what we're doing here, or an adaptation, because no two communities are alike. But today we're going to feature two specific tools that we're rolling out, and this is something that we featured at the international conference that I hope that you guys find it beneficial. If you end up using these and have some success stories or even lessons learned, please don't hesitate to send that on to AHA Process, send that on to me, because um, we're learning. We're actually trailblazing. Never before have we ever really worked with families, or is there any other design that works with families that actually helps them bridge up and out of poverty. So this is um, a learning curve for all of us as we start to get better and better about how to use our tools. So this entire month, you've been hearing about tools. Um, Phil Duvall's done an outstanding job in talking about um, research that has been used, and I hope that those types of researches can help you communicate with donors, um, especially if you're new coming in and being able to sustain out your programs or be able to articulate what it is that you're trying to do uh, in bringing this kind of learning community and pulling people together to, to initiate initiate change. Okay, so one of the first tools that some of you all have seen is something that um, we actually adapted a little bit. Phil and I, uh, Phil did this amazing job on this continuum, this uh, community scalability is what we call it, but it was really sustainability for families. What I ended up doing, um, I actually worked in a homeless shelter. And when I was in the homeless shelter doing a getting ahead class, one of the things that really resonated with me during that time, and it was a lesson learned for me, and I actually reached out to other sites across the U.S. who, who were working with homelessness and working with uh, families that are in that zero to one range, uh, they kind of had the same feel. And what we started to realize is that one of the families said, you know, Gina, I dream of the days of starting off at zero and being um, extremely unstable. That for me, it took me years to get to be at a zero. I was homeless when I would go in and use resources, um, go to Salvation Army or whatever, the police didn't even want to come out. I was so emotionally and mentally unstable. 
And so one of the things that we started to take a look at um, is really kind of altering that into that negative two to zero range. Really, uh, what I loved about this was the response from our agencies who were working with the extreme of the extreme. We're looking at the judicial system, Celebrate Recovery, NAAA programs, mental health, when all of a sudden they're like, this really resonates with us because really they are so severely unstable that it sometimes will take us a year or two before we even get them to a zero. So we ended up altering that particular scale um, and using this particular scale to really get buy-in from the community. Because what Bridges is all about is really about how to pull in um, everyone together to help move families on this continuum. So as you can see here, this is where we do a lot of Bridges trainings for the entire community. But when we have families that are in that negative, negative two to zero range, they're really not ready for getting ahead. There needs to be a little bit of stability there, the ability to maintain classes, everything, and we all know that. So what it helps us do is be able to work with our Celebrate Recoveries, our NAs, by doing Bridges Out of Poverty trainings. But when they finally get families kind of somewhat stabilized out, that's when they can kind of do a pass off. And what we started to look at is how do we start to pull in all of these agencies together to start to move people from a negative two all the way to a five. And part of that design was how do we start working with families afterwards? So what I want to talk to you about just ever so briefly is about what we call three-tier process. For many of our sites across the U.S., now circles, um, those of you that are part of circles, this is going to be something that's going to be new to you, but at the same time, you have this ongoing way of working with families. And so it's not going to be that much different, but we did learn a lot from the circles movement as well. But most of you all um, are either doing getting ahead classes, doing investigations, doing getting out of one form or another, which is so impactful for the community. It really does make a huge difference. For some of you all, um, the question has really been broad, and I would get hundreds of phone calls every month, and this is something when I started reaching out to Phil and started reaching out to Ruby, was this need to do what's next. And so what you're going to start to see here is this first tier, which is what a lot of families are doing, um, or a lot of organizations and communities are doing, which is just offering the getting ahead. And what does that look like? And that is one of the best infrastructures that you can possibly put into pay place. We all know that, work, that it makes a huge difference if you just trust the process. Families learn so much through this process. It's groundbreaking. I haven't found anything, and I look all over, not even just in the U.S., but worldwide, uh, to keep up the latest of the latest research. And I just, to date, have not found anything better than getting ahead, investigations, getting out. I think it's just one of the, the best things you can do as a, as a starting point with families where communities really started to reach out, and it was the same thing for me, was what's next? Um, because what we were doing was working with families. They would learn how to self-assess, and they were so eager to continue to learn, to, to, to learn how to use those 11 resources and to be able to start to thrive. And for a lot of them, when we only offer getting ahead, those, some of those families, when we started to evaluate getting ahead investigators across the U.S., it started to, um, the feel was a sense of almost abandonment. And so what we started to look at is what can we do to build a design that starts to um, offer multiple levels. So when you graduate from getting ahead, you have an, an ability to go in and start with what we call Tier 2, which is all about how to prosper. It's about how to use those 11 resources efficiently and effectively to start to promote change within the families. When we started to implement this, the data started to change for us drastically. All of a sudden, what we used to see as increase in earned income, 
jumped leaps and bounds. And it was just walking side by side with families and not um, worrying so much now about quantity, but really looking at quality of the families. And I'm going to talk to you about that return on investment here in a few minutes, what happens when we shift it from um, how many we could filter through and, and looking at quantity um, and talking about quality of donors and what happens with our return on investment with donors and funders um, when we start to not worry about the numbers, but start worrying about the quality. So we started to build what's called a tier two, which is just basically a way of enhancing those 11 resources, giving an ability to build social capital um, within that environment. And then we added in, was very fortunate that we added in um, our last one, which is our, our philanthropy piece. And this is huge because one of the things that we start doing from day one and getting ahead is talk about philanthropy, introducing the word of philanthropy. Because for a lot of our families, they don't, one, do not know what philanthropy is. But two, if they do, they feel that's someone who gives millions and millions of dollars, not realizing that each and every one of them who help out in the school systems, help out in the church or organizations or in their neighborhoods are philanthropists. It's giving of your time and of your resources. It really helped with identity when families are used to being known as a felon or um, a drug addict or those type of things to start to give them an alternative positive um, name that they call themselves is it, started beginning of building that self-confidence and that self-worth. And so philanthropy, we um, actually do not stop with families until we tell families go into philanthropy, which is to learn how to do um, retirement programs, um, giving back to the community. And a lot of them come back in and facilitate getting ahead classes, workforce here um, on site, but also um, help this whole movement throughout the community and their own businesses and organizations and everything. So it's just coming up with a way that we can move families on this continuum that starts to help families start to thrive. And so what we started to do in order to be able to do that is we actually started to contact all of our organizations. We took this one tool, this continuum, and we started to ask them, where do you see yourself serving on this continuum? And I love the responses. And this is some I did not only here, but five other sites across the U.S. And here's where Salvation Army, American Red Cross, all of them felt that they were working and operating on this continuum. But when talking with the executive directors or captains or majors of these organizations, they said it was exhausting, absolutely exhausting, because trying to get a family from a negative to all the way until they're thriving is a huge, huge, huge undertaking. And it's absolutely overwhelming when you're trying to meet the need of the families. So what we started to do is pull all those agencies together. And what would that look like if we had an intentional plan that moved families from a negative two all the way to a five? And then we had to add the next layer, which is working with our businesses, our judicial system, our health care, our post-secondary, our primary and secondary education, faith-based, civic organizations. And it goes on and on and on and on from there. That when we started to reach out, people just really started, an organization started to really get excited about, oh, my gosh, this ability not to have to do it alone, but a coordinated effort that we can all work simultaneously together. And that's what really started our ability of where we only had one side, which was offering just getting ahead, um, to where we actually started to mobilize sites. It started to grow, where we had Salvation Armies and Faith Base saying, hey, we would like to do getting ahead. And it just started to grow and grow and grow, them using their resources and adding to what we were doing, which allowed our Tier 1 to start using their dollars towards an actual Tier 2 
to where we had an actual Tier 2 and an actual Tier 3 hub. So what started off with zero dollars in this particular community um, now started to leverage an enormous amount of dollars after that. Many of you um, have used in some form or another uh, either Charity Track or Empower. Some of you have not used um, anything at this particular point. But all of these are amazing tools. And so I'm going to tell you, if you're using them currently right now and they are working well for you and they're resonating with donors, our goal is not to take you away from anything that you're, you're currently doing. What we want to make sure of um, is that if you're going to start to scale and if you want to start to look at a more intense design where you work with families on um, ongoing, that we wanted to make sure that we had a tool that you could benefit and utilize that would resonate and be simplistic and easy to do with donors. I'm going to tell you, I have gone through five different national database systems over a six-year period, and what prompted our particular group was to really finally look at the best of the best um, that everyone was using nationally and pull that all together into one simple um, streamlined database system. So I actually pulled a team together of 10 people, and we at, went through everything from succession planning down to, um, well, there was just a huge criteria of, of companies that we were looking at to be able to do this database system and charity check hands down every time um, just came to the to the top with our, our entire board and so I'm so excited that Phil Poston was agreeable um, he himself has invested an enormous amount into this it's not just even our organization some other organizations but um, has been actively involved and it's just really bought into this entire bridges movement and into the circles movement as well and so I, I am very very grateful to Phil um, coming in and helping us develop and there was just many in the middle of the night sessions and hundreds and hours um, just really has gone into the development of what we're about to to look at. So one of the things that I wanted to be able to show you, this is actually called an impact report. And this is of this particular site here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And this is what happens when you can start to work with families and move them um, along the line when we don't do just getting ahead, but we actually have an intentional plan to stay with them as they progress through um, this continuum. One of the things that we do here is because we work both in the jails, we work with felons, with non-felons as well, well, as we needed a system that could aggregate that. And that's because a lot of times um, donors and philanthropists don't realize that really it takes um, what the journey really is like working with felons. And for those of you who are working with felons, man, kudos to you all. It is um, incredibly challenging and incredibly rewarding. And it's for being in Oklahoma, I can tell you, we have one of the highest female incarceration rates in the world. And so this is a really serious, serious issue for us. So we don't, we want to be very real with our data, what it can do. And so we needed a, a way that we could um, aggregate that and separate that out so we can learn from that process as we're trying to figure out how we can work um, best and work efficiently um, with those that are coming out of the, the prison systems. So what you see here is I want to talk to you about your return on investment and what happens when we move away from the quantity of how many people we're trying to bring through and really start to look at the quality of families and what happens when we stick with them and they actually start to move up that tier process um, as they work to, to where they get into tier three of the philanthropy group. So when you see this number that's right here, this is our welfare community impact calculator and this was pretty important for us because what we wanted to be able to show donors and have this information at our fingertips was what was the kind of impact both on children and on adults that we can start to see in our community and what kind of impact do we have even on a national level 
And so what you see here is we just came through and we went from we went in and backdated because we weren't always working all the way through with families. That's been really in the last three to four years. But we went back and start at the very beginning of that very first pilot group we had back in 2010. And we started to bring them back through this design and saw huge gains with those families. So you see a huge range of all, everyone up to date that has been a part of uh, Bridges when we moved away from the, the quantity and into the actual quality piece of this. So as you can see, we actually have, we know that there's, an, uh, there's a dollar amount that you can actually put on every child that actually bridges up and out of poverty, that gets off of welfare. And what you do is you just take that national average, and we'll have this in a little icon box right here that has this explanation of, of how you calculate that in case someone asks you, um, what does that mean? And it's just basically taking that national federal um, dollars that pays for that infrastructure and taking out the number of children that are actually supported in there through um, child care subsidy, food stamps, things like that. And so that's how we get this 38,416. So what you start to see here is that when we started to work on that and families start to actually get off of welfare, the families are going back to college, they're going on and getting their degree programs or getting some type of trade, what we started to see was this number started to grow and grow and grow exponentially. And so what you're seeing now, and that's an annual impact, these are dollars that we are now saving where they used to grow up in generational where they were on subsidy every year, now we're starting to see almost a little under $700,000 a year that we're saving in subsidy, getting the um, children up and off of welfare um, and stabilizing out their family households. We're going to talk about the rest of this here in just a minute. This is the actual the family where these children live. This is the impact of their household. Uh, and so I'll show you the adult piece of this. And here's the adult. Now, this is a little bit trickier. You see this 48778 That amount um, is still open for discrepancy, and I always tell donors this right now. Um, Ruby and I uh, both used a Harvard study and some other things that started at a little over 14000 When we started working with Pew, which is really who we're going to have to lean in, and for those of you who do not know who Pew is, Pew Charitable Foundation um, actually is uh, the lead in statistics worldwide, globally, for upward mobility. And so that's really where we want to kind of uh, really use their expertise in trying to figure this out. When we had that original 14,000 number, it was really just looking at food stamps and a couple of key indicators. It wasn't looking at all the um, all the nonprofits, Salvation Army, all the other things that they tap into for utility, um, rent, all of these other things. And so um, the last estimated effort that we had was a little over $48,000. We're going to use that currently right now, but know that that might change. Um, and as soon as we get that out, we will get that out to you all as well, and it will be put into here, into this calculator. But as you can start to see here, um, this number that you're going to see, oh, let me back up here. This 780,000, if you were part of the international conference, I had it over a little over 698,000. But since the international conference to now, we actually had a family or two that have bridged. And so that has actually increased, which is great news. So these numbers might not, um, it, as you can tell here, the income here, um, you'll start to see that it's actually increased since then. And so I apologize if it looks like there's a little bit of discrepancy there. So what we're going to start to see is, is that the income that you see, here's your monthly that families actually save. 
um, whenever you start to move them off, this is their earned income. And when we start to work with them through a tier two and a tier three process, their income starts to grow and grow and grow every month. And so here's your annual collection of that. And, and what we see is about 110% growth. What we used to see through getting ahead was anywhere from 24 to 27%. Um, increase in earned income. So this was huge and significant when we started to de um, develop a design that goes long term with families. Same thing with welfare right here. We, what we saw was a 68% reduction in welfare benefits when we started to work with families for a, for a long period of time. So if you look at just the total impact and between the amount of income earned and the welfare that actually um, gets reduced, and you add in the kids portion of that, you can start to see that the impact in our community is a little over $2 million as far as a return on investment. We started with $0 and strictly, um, strictly volunteers only, including myself. I mean, all of us were here for six years just volunteering to the best of our ability. Now we actually have a quarter of a million dollars that we actually have going to this design, and we have three times that being matched by the community, um, helping us with Tier 1, getting ahead classes, things like that, putting our site roughly over $1.5 million now um, annually. And so that is significant when you start to look on the return on investments. And that really came back between using the stability scale and then having data and really looking at it. And this is where it gets different. When you have data that can validate, I can actually open up and see a list of all of these people. They're real. They're, it's not just fictitious. We can actually assess and we can see who those individuals are that have bridged up and out of poverty. When you start to see that, other communities start to see it too, and they're a part of it. And what's so exciting about it for Salvation Army, for all of these other entities, is that it was because of them. If it wasn't for their um, outpour of being able to meet the needs, um, our homeless shelters, our food pantries, all of that, we wouldn't be able to work together and actually bridge families up and out of poverty. And so it's so exciting when we all just kind of seamlessly work together. This last tool was the stability scale, which you'll see in Charity Tracker, which is just absolutely wonderful. This particular tool was one that it took me a while to figure out how to use it efficiently and effectively. And what you're seeing is data from this particular site that is used only for um, veterans and for families that are disabled and um, that were, you know, who are senior citizens, who were simply are not going to be looking at financial upward mobility. But we can show huge gains as far as quality of life. What is so great about this tool, and donors love this, is I was able to use this to go into work with senior citizen homes along with the family tree structure. And I was able to show them that by working with them, we actually get the second and third generation coming through getting ahead. And when the entire family tree, starting from the mother on down or the grandmother on down, starts to speak the same language, huge changes happen within the family tree structure and everyone starts to stabilize out and everyone's speaking the same language. And so whenever we wanted to venture in to start working with senior citizens, that was really hard, but this scale was beautiful. And this is something that Phil Duvall and many others um, across the U.S. helped develop and it has been a lifesaver in being able to work um, with families in our community and many other communities as well. So we wanted to make sure that that was a part of this process um, so that you didn't lose any of that data that you had been working on before as well and that you can continue to do that and how to use that tool effectively. We have a lot of them that use it for getting ahead and it's been absolutely wonderful. The only thing that we ran into, um, myself included along with about five or six others, and I've had this dialogue um, heavily with Ruby and Phil and everyone, was when donors would start to look at um, 
is this just how they felt at that particular moment? And that's what really we had to start looking at something much more intense than what we currently were having. Phil, do you have anything you would like to add? Uh, just let me say real quick, some of those reports that you've seen Gina uh, describe there and did a great job. If you want to download, we've got a little PDF, and you can go to our site. Our site is simply charityck.com, just charityck.com. And if you go under the information, if you go over here to the Bridges Circles Communities module and click on that, you'll see this big icon right here with the bridge and the sun. If you'll click on that, there's just a quick little form. Just grab your email address and your name, and we will email that out to you. You can have that PDF and have a copy of those reports to see what they like. So if you want to kind of think about them, you know, after the meeting. Um, the site is really easy. Our part of our goal is simply to help you help others. And we don't want you spending time with a computer. So our whole goal is to make everything just as easy as possible. And just even the report she was running, I'll just show you real quick over here. It's real simple. You're just going to put in a date range and I'm going to put in a wide date range on hers. We're going to leave those filters up and I'm going to click update. And so they're probably what in five seconds, you've got all that data that she was just showing you. And like I said, that's our goal. We want to make your life easy and your life simple. And so these reports here are all aggregate reports. And that simply means that we're gathering all the information between those date ranges. As Gina kind of mentioned a little bit, we have icons and you can find information up there that make your life easier. This one lets you know exactly where that data is coming from. When you come over these icons right here, we're going to let you know exactly where that data comes from. Also, we're going to let you know what clients that come from with our detail reports. So you don't have to guess who was included in that data. You'll be able to get a list out just that quick on that. Let me collapse that back down. So all of these are just kind of aggregate reports. Let's go over to a client real quick. And I think I can go to Cherie, right, uh, Gina? While I'm saying this, with Charity Check 2, we have the ability, if you just want to be fully private, just kind of your own um, database your own uh, system. We can do that all the way from full networking. The way we really started out with Charity Check was networking churches with one another to avoid duplication. And since then, we've just grown so much that we have the ability to still network agencies, or we can do full privacy, or we could just do a small group. So we can pretty much cover any of the bases that you have along those lines. Let me tell you in here and we'll just find one of Gina's clients here and we'll notice too and we're not going to give you a full-blown demo because we really just don't have time for that today but let me go up just real quick under the reports and one thing you're going to notice is those reports that we did on our aggregate basis that you can actually do on an individual basis as well and for the most part they're pretty much the same just a couple of little exceptions but let's just go here and take uh, Sherry's first record when she first got into getting head and her last record here and we're going to create a report and so now we have an individual impact report for her and even with the graphs down here if you roll over graphs you're always going to get a little more data once again icons are your friends you roll over them it's going to tell you exactly where this is coming from and if I want to see the stability scale indicators and self-assessment I'm just going to click on that and I don't think she has any in for this particular client but you would see that chart right here she mentioned they don't do this for every client uh, when we do the aggregate report like she did show you if we have somebody that's all zeros basically that means incomplete we drop them out of that aggregate report altogether and so it's not even included 
because we assume that you didn't want them included in that because it's all complete. But that's where that would show up. And then we have a little print button. And I always say this is really good because clients, I mean, they like a pat on the back. They like to feel like they're succeeding. And you can print this out and give it to them, and they can take it home. And I guarantee you, some of them are going to be going home and showing their family and their friends uh, this report that you print out because they're going to be excited that now they've taken some responsibility in their life in moving themselves uh, from dependence to independence. And personally, at Charity Check, what we really like about the bridges is that we deal with a lot of people across the United States. But for the most part, people are just providing relief. Now, we know that people need that, but this is probably one of the only problems, by far the best problem that we've seen that actually is taking somebody and help move them from dependence to independence. And we're just really thrilled to be a part about that. And so, as I mentioned, we're mostly just kind of showing you the tools today uh, that you can do for reporting. If I'll go back and we won't take time to look at them all, we can do some demos for you individually if you'd like us to, but across the top, uh, we do have a stability scale indicator. She showed you that a second ago. I'll just run that real quick just to show you that you can see the reports do run real quick in the system. And there we have that. And she showed you these numbers. It shows you the first record and the last record. And what we do is take the first and the last record between the date range. So you can change that up. You can filter by non-filter if you want or non-client, non-felon if you want or by felon. We also have a tool here to show you when your assessments are due, because typically you want to do an assessment every six months. So we can show you when the last um, the last uh, assessments were done, what tier they're in, what their subcategory, when that eval date was, and the days until the next one up here. So that's just a tool to kind of help you uh, a little bit along the way. Client philanthropy, I don't know if Gina has any in here necessarily yet. We do on our demo site, but here show up with the client, and if they are don donating, giving money back, or they're volunteering, giving time, you're going to get a quick report there, and you can get more detailed reports in the volunteer and tracking and the demographic. And then last of all up here, just to explain real quick, we have a client analysis tool, and what this does, this is going to help you uh, determine if there are any data that may be reflecting negatively uh, on your reports. And you'll notice here under welfare status, earned incomes, uh, assets, payday loans, they're all tagged either positive. That means that they went from a negative reflection to a positive. That is, if they were welfare, they were getting welfare, but maybe now they're down or they're off on that. So it's going to reflect positive. Neutral means there's no change, of course. But then you might see negative here. And you might wonder, why do we have a negative impact? So you can go to the details on that simply by clicking the arrow and coming in and looking here and comparing the start assets or like here, the end medical, they didn't have any medical, but now they have medical. A negative reflection doesn't always mean it's bad. It just means it's reflecting. It may be a true statement, but it's just a tool to help you. We do the same thing with the stability scale indicators. And we're not going to go into too much depth on that, but we just wanted to show you a little bit some of the tools real quick uh, about that. So I'd encourage you to go to the charityck.site, go to the information and download um, that little PDF, uh, and it'll help you when you're looking about this in the rest of the day or the coming days a little bit about those reports. Uh, is there anything on here, Gina, that you think that we really need to spend any time on? No, I would say this is a really helpful tool that when you start to move from uh, 
a community where you're all volunteering and you really start to look at working with staff. When you can finally get to the point where you are getting paid and your staff, you're getting staff on hand, this is a great tool to be able to go in and channel your energy when you start to see a negative to be able to bring that um, as kind of a red flag. Maybe we need to be um, spending a little bit more time with this particular family, see exactly what's going on. And so it helps us as far as a time management tool of where to put our energy. And so it was a great, great um, addition to this particular software from a director standpoint. Okay. Uh, I can't see where I'm still in this view, but I don't know if there's any questions or if anybody has anything they'd like to ask Gina or myself or Gina, if you think we need to go over anything. Like I said, it would take a lot longer to go everything about us. We, we just have a lot of modules and that's where our system is built depending on the community. We even have a referral module where you can refer clients back and forth between agencies. And then it has data and statistics on those referrals to help you see if those are going well or you need to work on your process uh, some. Uh, we have uh, like service scan. I know Gina and them use that. When a client goes to a class, they can just scan the ID card, scan the barcode sheet, and they've got them captured into the system. Then we have a full range also of other reports over here, family demographic reports, that will pull back detailed graphics. We've got gender and ethnicity reports, assistance reports, and a wide array. We even have mapping reports uh, where you can come in. And let me see. And even display your clients on a map if you want to see that. I'm just going to select all her categories here real quick. And you'll see real quick in here that she can display and depends how far you want to zoom down, but you can get down to street level and see exactly where your clients are coming from in a, a, a city. And uh, I've always said the example I use on this, it may not be exactly bridges related, but if you were providing a food pantry, you know, you could look real quick to see where your clients are from. And if you did a mobile food pantry, you could move out there. You could actually look at this from a bridges standpoint. And I would think and say, look where most of our clients are coming. Maybe that we need to look at putting a class over in that area to make it easier for those clients. So we could branch out, maybe find a church or another place that we could actually host, you know, that class at, because that seems where most of the clients are coming. And um, anything you can do to make it easier on those clients, because, I mean, they're looking for daycare. They're looking, you know, for all kind of needs. So anything you can do to make it easier. But anyways, that map will help you on that as well. So we have a wide array of reports that will help you in addition to those bridges specific reports. Excellent. Thank you. Bill, can you pull up just real quick before we have questions that pop up um, the demographics? Because for a lot of agencies, they um, have to do venture grants for United Way or other grants. Is there a way that you can kind of show the breakout on the demographic piece yep. of that? This is a family demographic. We have a demographic report that just reports on the person that received assistance. When you do a family demographic, that's going to break out and include everybody in the ha in the household. And so you have your choice of how to look at that by client or by the household. And so here we're going to break this down. We have basically four different age groups. If you need specific age groups, our other gender report, which we may not have time to go to, there's actually a box in there that you can put in a date range to grab specific date ranges of people that you help. But here we break this down basically some demographic areas, marital status, gender, ethnicity, employment status, education, monthly income, military service, and then family uh, uh, annual income. And then you can open a chart on each one if you would like as well. And then you can roll over the chart and it'll give you what the various color representations on that bar 
represent. And so you can see that in a graphical representation. Um, then once again, we also give you the, the details. So if you want to see exactly where that data is coming from, because I know a lot of times when you look at reports, you always wonder, well, you know, how do we know that's accurate? Where do we know that's coming from? How do we trust the people that develop this? So basically what we're doing is we're giving you a list of those people that are included and you kind of check that yourself. Uh, if you need to go to one, there's a quick link and you can get right to their profile right that way on this. So, yeah, the demographic, a lot of people that are going for grants, they really need the demographic information. Uh, and so we have that readily and easily available for you. And the one thing I want to point out again is just look how quick it runs. It's really easy. And, you know, you think, is it hard getting somebody into a system? And I'm not going to put somebody in, but let me go in real quick and we'll just show you. A form is basically you're just going to come up here and uh, I think we're logged in. Uh, we do have another form up here. I don't think Gina and them are using it right now, but it's just the totally private form. But it's real similar to this one right here. And uh, you would just click on the form, and basically this is all you got to answer. Just put in their name, their address, some contact information, and choose a few boxes as far as demographics. And that's it. They're in the system. Uh, I think Gina, by the time they do the assessments and everything, I think Gina says it takes maybe around about 15 minutes uh, to get that into the system. And that's to get them initially in and get an assessment in on them. So it doesn't take long at all to get them in. And then, as you notice, the reports run back probably just in a few seconds. You've got all that data in your fingertips. I mean, you could be sitting down with a funder and them ask you a question. You could say, well, give me five seconds and pull that up right there in the meeting with them if you needed to. It's just going to be that quick and efficient for you. Gina, I'm going to let you answer that one says where they use Charity Tracker because, you know, I like to be honest with people. I've never seen Charity Tracker. All I know is what other people have told us. So to tell the difference, you would probably be better at that. Yeah. Um, Charity Tracker, yeah, it will it will provide not similar results. What they're going to really look at is the 11 resources that that you focus in on. And it does have the ability in the state of Oklahoma, we're very unique that Salvation Army uses tra Charity Tracker statewide. And so it allows our Salvation Armies to talk to one another. And that's one tool that we um, have looked at here. We partner with Salvation Army here, and we, this is a pilot uh, for the state and, and actually doing something a lot more in depth and more in detail. And so it does have some of those elements. That I will tell you, if you're doing getting ahead, uh, Charity Tracker is really a great way of being able to capture things real quickly if you're not looking at working with families ongoing. But if you are looking at working with families um, past getting ahead or past getting out or those type of things, or if you're looking at how you can go about mobilizing your community or scaling your community, and this is getting away from your five or $10,000 donations that you can get through venture grants, things like that, but you really want to start to look at a quarter of a million or more, then you're really going to have to start looking at the data. And right now, um, it comes into question more than anything. And so when I was using just the, the um, scale, I actually had donors that came back to me and just said, you know, that's just how they feel at that particular moment. If two days later, they're all of a sudden their utilities are off, are they going to put themselves as unstable that day? Uh, but because everything is thriving and doing okay that day, they're ranking themselves. And so what they wanted to know is exactly how many families and can you validate that and prove that on that return on investment. And when we shifted that gear into really being serious about our data, the dollars just started flowing in. And I went from having zero staff to 14 paid staff. And so it was a huge game changer. I hope that answers your question. To Yvonne, let me see here. 
area, for our own information and data for our own area. Um, you will be able to use Charity Check for your own. I have a lot of sites across the U.S. that will use Bartlesville sites as an example of what they want to do when they're just new coming into a community um, and they're wanting to get this whole bridges movement up and going. And so know that you can do that and use some of our data to say this is what a community can do, um, but you can start to do that for yourself and be able to pull that data um, just, I mean, within the first six months you have those pre and post, you can start to see everything unveil itself and how families are moving, um, and that gets immediate buy-in for funding opportunities. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, um, of course, if I say anything, I guess I'm, I'm going to be somewhat biased, of course. But like I said, I, I'll just tell you what others have told me is that I guess we do more reporting and module-wise we have more available. Um, I don't necessarily want to say who, but I know another large Bridges site, we're doing another meeting for them tomorrow. And he had told me, uh, there was just one thing. Was, I think it was sharing notes between agencies uh, that he didn't see, but we were looking. We told him we thought that would be no problem uh, to do that. So, um, you know, it just, I guess it just depends, like Gina said, where do you want to go and where do you want to move? And if you're going to move toward the scaling, um, you know, I, personally, I, I, I think it would be good at least to try to look at us and talk a little bit more about it. Now, if you're doing your program and you're already using them, you know, I tell people I hate changing programs, too. So I'm not going to try to talk you into changing if it's meeting your need. But if you need something that's going to do a little more, provide a little more information, for, uh, perhaps for grant writing and things like that, you know, I, I think you should give us a call and let's at least, you know, talk to us. Uh, phone calls are free and uh, we don't charge anything for demos. So. And I like uh, Lynn Jackson just um, posted something, too, about Charity Tracker and Charity Check that are both companies that can really help you in data collection. And both do an individual and a community impact. Um, it just depends on what type of information you want to start pulling to, to resonate with donors. And so, yes, you absolutely can use Charity Check um, to talk and reflect about your initiative and what it's doing on a community-wide return on investment. What's great is when you talk to legislators and you can start to really show that in this community, if we actually scale this statewide or if we even look at federal policy um, as well, how this information can really, really change uh, in policy. So I think I think it's great. You can't go wrong. The main thing, I love this, is, um, yeah, we need to be more data-driven. And the economy, things are getting tough, and it, money is going to be harder and harder to come by. Every dollar counts, and we've got to be able to show and be good stewards of those dollars. And so I'm going to – no one likes to collect data. Probably I'm probably one of the few that do. <laughs> but when you get used to it and it becomes your friend, it becomes very exciting. And, and to Phil's point, when a family can see – because sometimes they're in the middle of it and they've been working um, and being a part of this design and learning for a year that they forget how far they've come. And to be able to show that is just so exciting for them. And we have. We've had them literally, you'll go home and you'll see it, you know, in their, on their living room coffee table or whatever, where they, have, they show families. They're just so proud of, of the things that they've accomplished. And so it's a great empowerment tool as well. Yeah, and as far as the data, too, you know, I had a group call me from Knoxville a, a while back, and I was talking to them. And they've been doing uh, the Getting Head program, they said, like six years. They've been doing their, their bridges and their funding had ran out that initially covered all that. And they said, all of a sudden, we realized we don't have any data. And the new funding sources are wanting that made available to them. Because if they're giving their money, they want to make sure it's going to something that works. And so we've been doing this about 20 years. So we've been doing it a long time. And that's the one thing that I can say we have seen. Used to, 
uh, funders, businesses, foundations would just kind of give money and they would give these renewals without asking questions. But now they're starting to come back and saying, well, prove to us it works. And the anecdotal stories really aren't enough for them saying, well, I had this lady come in my office today and we've helped her. The stories aren't really doing it. So, you know, it's really important that if you're not doing data, that you need to take a very serious look at this, because if you're not, you're going to be caught just like that group in Knoxville that all of a sudden you don't have the data to get the funding that you need to continue your program out. All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it so much. Thank you.